Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome, playmates, to the Mind Poppers Mansion. Today, I want us to have a look at the darker aspects. What secrets lay hidden within the walls of the Playboy Mansion? Now, the Playboy Mansion, as we know it, came to a close in 2017, because that's the year you Hefner died, okay, at the ripe old age of 91. Um, and... Someone has taken over the property since, but Playboy, as we know it, is dead, you know? And I remember, um, actually, when, when we were younger, like, say, 12 years old and stuff, I remembered, like, the impact that Playboy had in Ireland, in, in our culture at the time growing up. Um, and, you know, it was just so weird to me because all that I knew about Playboy at that age was that, you know, there was Hugh Hefner, this older dude, you know, who used to have... Or I like to enjoy having sex with young white blonde women. Um, and they, they lived in a big house together. And I knew about, like, obviously there was the magazine. You know? Didn't really know what was really going on. Or even what, like, a, polyg- a polygamy relationship would look like. Or anything like that. My, my, my little mind did not really understand it. But what I do remember is, like, gr- there being girls in my class. So this is first year in secondary school. And, like, if you remember, like, Playboy was on everything. Like, Playboy was on bed sheets, posters, Playboy curtains, Playboy carpet, Playboy pencil case, Playboy pens, Playboy rubbers. Like, just everywhere. Like, Playboy, Playboy lunch boxes. And I used to remember, like, seeing, like, in first year, like, girls in my class with, like, the Playboy pencil case. And I remember being so confused because I'm, like, looking at you and I'm like, okay, you're 12, okay, you made your confirmation six months ago, okay, which is what you've used all that coin, obviously, to invest massively in Playboy, I I see it's a total rebranding for you, but you're 12, you made your confirmation six months ago, so what do you know about sucking dick? Nada, nothing, zilch, you knew nothing about sucking dick, so it, it was confusing to me, and I started to wonder, I guess looking back now, you know, the Playboy symbol, the rabbit, you know, it was everywhere. And did that become maybe, I don't know, like something of empowerment for for young women in Ireland? Did it become like, did that rabbit logo like act as a symbol of like, kind of like almost like sexual liberation and celebrating your sexuality? I don't know. I was never a young woman, you know? Um, But I feel like the symbol meant you know, a lot more positively as a symbol for those outside of the walls of the Playboy Mansion in California. Because I know, as we'll get into in a while, that the things that were happening behind the walls weren't, you know, all that happy. It wasn't all just about sexual liberation. 
and all that. And I actually remember, um, again, going back to secondary school, there was two two girls in my class and they were, you know, really sound and, and I'd still be friendly with them, you know, today. Um, but I remember <clears throat> um, that their, their mother would, you know, collect them and drop them from school. You know, we were only kids, whatever. And I remember the mother's car used to be absolutely decked out, like decked out in Playboy shit. You know, and there was the, 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 the furry dice. It was the, the pink fluffy steering wheel cover. The the front seats and the back seats had the Playboy bunny, you know, seats. Um, the belts were Playboy. There was Playboy um, stickers on the windows of the car. There was Playboy bumper stickers and all that. I mean, like, God. You know, it was really, I mean, like, I, and every, the car would drive past and everyone would be like, oh, my Lord. You know, there's the Playboy car. Um, so I don't know, but Playboy definitely fucked with our brains when we were younger, for sure. Like, it, it was it was an institution. And since, obviously, it has declined, that institution is no more. There is, like, nobody, you know, going around, you know, with, with the Playboy shit anymore. Now, of course, there was, like, a resurgence. And I'm not sure which um, sweatshop site, you know, kind of, like, started selling this shit again. But I think, you know, I've seen people on Instagram... You know, like wearing the Playboy hoodies and like the Playboy pants or whatever. And I'm like, you know, these kind of people who, you know, were probably, first of all, too young to actually be able to appreciate how big Playboy was in its heyday, you know. Um, but now bringing it back like it's like it's vintage, you know. Oh, it's Playboy. It's vintage. Playboy will never be vintage. Playboy was always at its core sleazy you know, and I don't mean that offensively, but it was, you know, it was a sleazy brand, or, you know, it was just, it was sleaze, um, so these people on Instagram trying to bring back the whole, like, Playboy, like, it's vintage or retro, you just look like an idiot, anyway, enough of me being spiteful, before I get into the secrets of the Playboy Mansion, what I want to do to prepare myself beforehand to see if I would actually get into the gates of the Playboy Mansion is, of course, you know, like any scholar would, take a quiz, <clears throat> which will tell me, could I be a Playboy bunny? Question one. What's your definition of sexy? Being completely naked, being in a seductive costume, having sex, sweaty body, cleavage showing, skirt up high. <clears throat> for me, I think it would be being in the seductive costume. And you know what? The issue for me is, I know, like, just side note, <clears throat> but I know, like, a lot of people are into role play in the bedroom, you know? And I'm all for that, absolutely. But where I find my problem lies within the, the world of role play in the bedroom is that I am a performer by nature, you know? Like, I could not sit down with someone and do the whole, I mean, I don't even know what, what people, what are people role-playing as these days, like the priest and the nun or what have you, you know? Like, that's not enough for me to put on a costume and say, oh, I'm a nun and I'm a priest. I need more than that. I need backstory. If we're going to be fucking in costume and role-play, then I'm really need to, I'm going to commit to this role, you know? Because every performance I give will be as if though I was being nominated for an Oscar. My character will have backstory. My character will have trauma. If I'm playing a nun, did the nun have an abortion? She probably did. She probably did. And I will use that. Um, and you know, like if, if we're having sex in whatever deranged scenario, I'm dressed as a nun. 
you know, you best believe it's going to be about, there's going to be at least three acts before anyone actually has any physical intimacy, you know, because you best believe I'm going to do the, the, the sorrow story and like, oh, what was me? Um, and of course, there's going to be a musical number. If, if, if you have me dressed as a nun of a hello, like Sister Act was one of my favorite movies, you know, I'm going to Whoopi Goldberg it, you know, and I'm probably going to bring out a guest, you know, I'm going to try shock you and surprise you if we're role playing in the bedroom. It's actually, I would say maybe 1% about sex and 99% about the whole theater of the whole thing, you know, anyway. I digress, I will move on. So being in a seductive costume. Do you refer to cool things as pimped? <laughs> no, not at all. It's, it's like something to do with sex trafficking. I would say no, I do not say that. <clears throat> would you kiss another woman just for attention? <laughs> yes. Are you self-conscious? Yes. Do you go out to clubs for fun and dancing or to take someone home with you? So dancing, of course, or to sleep with someone. Dancing, of course. If your man was caught cheating, you would join in. The more the merrier. Fight till my knuckles bled. Leave him. I will go for the, I will say fight till my knuckles bled. So you constantly feel in competition with other women. Um, Yes, you know what? Yes. When you have sex, do you enjoy it and never want it to end? Get yours, then pretend to cramp. Let him have his, then call it a night. Wonder what his name is. Hope his wife doesn't find out. Oh. I would say get yours and then pretend to cramp. Do you work better as a team or individual? Individual. You'd never be caught wearing blank on your period. (laughs) A condom? Thongs, granny undies, lingerie, a pad, a bikini. These questions are fucked up um, and I feel like very impractical. Um, You'd never be caught wearing a condom on your period. I would never. Do you associate love with sex? For instance, do you catch feelings for every man you sleep with or only sleep with men you love? I can have a one night stand, no problem. I can't help but think about him the next day. Sex is for couples who are in love. I at least have to know the guy so I can see him again. You know what? I'm going to say sex is for couples who are in love. Do you want to be a playmate because the outfits are great and cute and the money is great? It's not. We're going to find that out later. I love attention from men. Okay. I love sex and anything associated I am a girls next door addict and want to be one of those girls or to show off my body. I will say I love attention from men. Okay, submitting my answers. Oh, so I got bunny of the year, 25%. You've done some dirty girl deeds, but only with the man you love. Although you have naughty thoughts of doing it in public, with an audience and everything, if it came down to it, you'd chicken out. Doesn't mean you don't know how to be a sexy. Because <laughs> girl, you know you got it. <laughs> girl, you know you got it. You got it going on. <laughs> you know what? No. I know for a fact that I wouldn't have what it takes to be um, a playmate. Um, because they have to do some fucked up stuff, which we're going to get into right now. So, 
Well, Playboy was starting out back in 19 dickety, whatever it was. I mean, again, no idea. But what I do know from reading about Hugh Hefner was that he didn't come from money. He didn't have a whole lot of money. Um, He was working actually with Esquire magazine and he asked for a $5 raise in his salary, which they declined. So he left Esquire magazine and he set out to start his own magazine, which obviously I think it's the, the name of the Playboy originally was something like Stag Party, which I don't think ever went to print and eventually then became known as, you know, Playboy, as we know today, the iconic institution. Um, but for his first issue, right, so he had no money, he actually had to take out a loan of like, or sorry, like a mortgage loan of like $600, then had to collect from like 45 different investors, one of those being his mother, who threw him $1,000, which I'm sure back in 1980, whatever, it was, it was a large sum of money. But the actual first, I guess, cover girl of Playboy magazine was Marilyn Monroe. But... Not in the way that we would presume. So what you have not actually done was obtained photos of Marilyn Monroe that she had done. I guess it was like a naked uh, calendar photo shoot. So he had these like nude photos of Marilyn Monroe um, that, I, that I don't think in the end when she did the, these pictures for this calendar or whatever. It was actually a couple of years before Marilyn Monroe was famous. So no one knew who Marilyn Monroe was. I guess she was just picking up, you know, modeling gigs and whatever, especially kind of adult modeling gigs, you know, that had were very sensual, you know, um, had a lot of nudity. So she did those photos. And I don't know if those photos ever went out. Like I said, again, it was before she was famous. So what Hugh Hefner had actually done was he got those photos, these unpublished photos of Marilyn Monroe, and used them without her permission the two of them never had a conversation he used the naked photos of Marilyn Monroe for his first issue of Playboy which went on to sell like I guess it was like 50 I think it was like 50,000 copies which I mean you know is a decent distribution for for most in print media today but back then you know that would have been huge but the weird thing was for me with the whole publishing Marilyn's photos or whatever was the fact that um so I think it was, yeah, like I said, they had never met. Marilyn and um, and Hugh Hefner had never met. But he still went ahead anyway and, you know, used these photos of Marilyn without any consent or what have you. And Marilyn, you know, said it in her autobiography that she actually didn't even see these pictures. She actually had to buy, you know, the first issue of Playboy herself to see herself in these in these pictures. And she'd never received a thank you or anything from Hugh Hefner because the two of them never met in real life. And she said that she never like got a thank you or whatever for the millions of dollars that were made off her nude photographs, which she did not consent to Hugh Hefner using. And like I guess Hugh Hefner had like a weird obsession with Marilyn. You know, obviously she did not appreciate that at all. But the fact that Hugh Hefner... So Marilyn died in, what was it, like maybe 1962. Um... And she, she was buried in a crypt in the in California in the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery. But the weird thing is then, I think it was maybe in 1972. So maybe about a decade after Marilyn had passed. Hugh Hefner in, in 1972, it was in the 19, early 1970s anyway. He paid $75,000 to buy the crypt next to Marilyn Monroe. Which was, like, I, I don't know. Um... And when he, like, people were, like, creeped out by this, that, like, he first of all used her photos, but then bought the crypt next to Marilyn to, you know, to, to die in, you know, having never met her. 
Um, and he got a lot of backlash for this. But what he said was, in quotations, I'm a believer in things symbolic. Um, and he was telling this to the to the LA Times back in 09. He said, spending eternity next to Marilyn is too sweet to pass up. Ugh. Like even in the beyond, you know, this man is going to be a sleazebag. And I guess the image from the outside of the Playboy Mansion was basically like a sugar baby's dream. You know, you're going living with this old man and like, you know, are you having sex with him? Are you not? You know, is it one of those relationships that's like purely like, f- you know, friendship, platonic, give this old bastard some company. And, you know, you're going to live the life of, you know, like just a rock star. You know, you have the mansion, you're going to be showered in cash and gifts. And you know what? It really was not the case for most of these girls who went on to join the Playboy Mansion. You know, for, if you remember, I think she was, you know, one of the girls from, from the TV show that they did, Holly Madison. She actually wrote a, a book um, which kind of like exposed what it was really like living um, in the Playboy Mansion. It was called Down the Rabbit Hole, Curious Adventures and Cautionary Tales of a Former Playboy Bunny. And you know what? The thing is, like nobody wants to have sex with, well, he died when he was 91, but like, I mean, no one wants to have sex with a seven-year-old man, do they? Do they really? And I can tell you that the girls, you know, which may shock you, they did not leave the Playboy Mansion with money. They did not leave the Playboy Mansion with a lot of money. Basically, if you were a girl living in the Playboy Mansion, you had a weekly allowance, which was called your clothing allowance. So you'd have to go to, I think it was of a, maybe of a Friday night, all the girls would have to go to use bedroom. So when you went to use bedroom, if it was a sex night, they had two sex nights a week. If it was a sex night, you ha- everyone had to wear the same pink um, flannel pyjamas. But on Fridays, on payday, where the allowance was given up, everyone would go to use bedroom and he'd walk over to um, his library in his bedroom, which actually opened up into a safe. So in crisp $100 bills, he'd give each girl their $1,000 allowance, which they were only supposed to spend on clothes. So it was, you know, for buying your clothes and it was for getting alterations done. So you were looking your best or whatever. That's the only money that these girls were given. Like these girls weren't just throwing cash left, right and center. They had a a weekly allowance of $1,000. And sure, you know, a weekly allowance of a thousand dollars may seem like a great gig you know but keep in mind you know two nights a week you have to go out and party with the girls and with you and then go back for a sex party in his bedroom okay and it was frowned upon for the girls for the playmates to spend this thousand dollars on anything other than clothes like the playboy mansion wasn't an institution where it was going to provide opportunity for women And, you know, start off as a great base, you know, for them to like earn a lot of money and go out and pursue what they want to pursue. It seems like from what people are saying about the Playboy Mansion that, you know, you were given enough to live on and that was it. You know, it wasn't a place that was like promoting growth or whatever. Um, Because, like I said, it was frowned upon if you spent your allowance on anything other than clothes. So a lot of the girls there, Holly Madison being one of them, used to spend her money I mean like she used to try and save us save a bit away but she was actually there to pay off her college loans and then when she when they found out that she was paying her college loans you know with the allowance it, it, it there was drama there was trouble you weren't really allowed to spend your money on anything else 
Like, I ain't out there trying to suck some old crusty cock, excuse my American French, um, for, for a thousand euro shopping of, of clothing. No, first of all, I'm trying to be sustainable right now, okay? You know? So, like, maybe if it was like, okay, sucking dick um, and you're donating a thousand dollars to save the turtles. But a thousand dollar for clothes, it's just not. It's not sustainable is what it is not, first of all. Um, so these girls really were only making money otherwise from appearances. If they were doing gigs at appearances or whatever, they were getting in a bit of cash that way. But none of these girls were leaving minted, you know, believe that. And then, of course, when the reality show started filming, they were catching a check for for that. But but like trust and believe they weren't making big figures from from appearing in that reality show they definitely were especially not back then you know a lot of these people were just happy to be there happy to be given the opportunity to you know hopefully move on to do better things whatever when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But like I was saying, two nights of the week, you had to partake in one of you's sex parties. It, It wasn't optional. So I, I think the girls said that they would go out maybe of a Tuesday and a Thursday. So what would happen was they'd all get together and they'd be dressed and go out to a nightclub with you. So they'd go out with you to this nightclub and they'd be dancing away or whatever and he'd offer them drugs. He used to offer them, what's that old drug called, like culoids or quaaludes or something, which he referred to as the thigh opener for women. They were these drugs that would get women really horny. And while he never took the drugs himself, he was always handing them out to women, you know, wherever they went. So afterwards, they'd hop into the limo after these nights out on the town of the Tuesday and the Thursday, and everyone would have to go back to the mansion. So once you got back to the mansion, you had to change out of your clothes and you had to change into, um, like I said earlier, these pink and white checkered pajamas. Everyone had to be wearing the same pajamas. But then as soon as you made your way to use bedroom, because everybody had to go to use bedroom during the party nights for, I guess, the gangbang, um, you'd have to wear your pajamas. And then as soon as you entered use bedroom, you'd take off your pajamas and everybody was naked. So what would happen was the playmates would have to put on a show with each other. So they would, I guess, be engaging in sexual activity with each other while the girlfriend of you or is what what was more commonly known as his number one so you had one number one and the number one would actually live in his bedroom would, would sleep in his bedroom it was I guess the closest thing to the girlfriend so 
while all these other playboy bunnies were like you know making out or whatever with each other for you's enjoyment the number one bunny would have to give you oral sex so she engaged in your oral sex with you Hefner and you know give him a blowjob or whatever and by the way he was always on Viagra he couldn't get hired without Viagra every boner he had was with Viagra according to all these reports from the former playboy bunnies um so the number one bunny would be blowing him off um and then would engage with sex with him and then you would go along to have sex with all the other playboy bunnies um and it was actually interesting they were saying in these in holly madison's book you know that none of the girls were into it they were like nobody wanted to be having sex with this crusty old man nobody wanted it but they had to put on a show because if you didn't act like you were enjoying it during one of these party nights in you's bedroom then come friday which was the allowance day when you were getting your allowance you wouldn't want to give you your full allowance if you weren't portraying, you know, that you were really into it in the bedroom and getting with these other women or whatever. So he used to, like, hold the allowance over the girls, um, as I guess is kind of, as, as kind of to keep everybody in line, you know? Like, can you imagine it? Like, having sex with you, Hefner, you know? I mean, let me tell you something. I have engaged in sexual activity with you know, someone 30 years my senior. I've done the Hugh Hefner experience. I've done it, okay? And I was not getting no 1,000 euro allowance to soften the blow, not at all. Let me tell you, having sex with old people sucks. (laughs) It fucking sucks, okay? There is no upside, you know, with having sex with with an older man like Hugh Hefner. There there really just isn't. Um, So these poor girls... Used to have to slobber over that dirty old knob, you know, day in, day out, you know, two days a week. Um, And the girls used to say that, like, coming into his bedroom, his bedroom used to be dirty. Because it was around the time when Holly Madison was Hugh Hefner's number one. Um, And she had her dogs living in the room with them. And the room, or the dogs were never house trained, like, for their whole entire lives. Um, so like the Playboy bunnies would be in the bedroom, you know, like dancing or whatever, like looking sexy for you. And they said that they always used to stand and fucking dog shit in New Hefner's bedroom. Um, and even though they say that when they came in for the sex party nights, that before anything started, you Hefner would go around the bedroom in his robe and pick up all the bits of dog shit that he could see off the floor. But I mean, hello. I mean, it's just like, is it worth, is the thousand dollars a week worth it when you have to, you know, get on that Benjamin Button cock um, and you're also dancing around a room, you know, where you're just like stepping in fucking dog shit and stuff. Apparently the Playboy Mansion was not at all as glamorous as it was made to be on the outside. If you remember from the TV show, they had this kind of like outdoor pool. It almost looked like a cave and it was called the Grotto. So apparently there was like a massive like bacterial infection in that pool from, I mean, God only knows what was happening in that pool, but apparently like 230 people had caught this like, like, I'm not sure if it was like a flesh eating virus or whatever kind of bacteria virus from this pool. You know, that is how fucking disgusting this place was. Also for these playmates, if you're a playboy bunny and you were living in the playboy mansion, you, everyone had a curfew of 9pm. 
So if you weren't within the walls of the Playboy Mansion, by the time the clock struck nine, then you would be a chance of losing out on your allowance, you know, for next week. And these people, these girls weren't allowed to bring friends back to the mansion, you know. So it was like a very lonely time for these girls. And one of um, you's, I guess you want to call them exes, ex-playmates, Isabella St. James, she actually wrote about um, what it was like collecting the allowance. And she said, Hef's room, um, we'd go there every Friday morning. We'd wait while he picked up all the dog poo off the carpet and then ask for our allowance. A thousand dollars counted out in crisp $100 bills from a safe in one of his bookcases. We all hated this process. Hef would always use the occasion to bring up anything he wasn't happy about in the relationship. Most of the complaints were about the lack of harmony among the girlfriends or lack of sexual participation in the, in quotation, parties he held in his bedroom. If we'd been out of town for any reason and missed one of the official going out nights, which were the sex nights, when Hefner liked to parade his girls at the nightclubs, he wouldn't want to give us the allowance. He would use it as a weapon. You know, like I said, these girls were not living the, the, the high life that we all thought that they were. And, and Kendra Wilkinson, she used to hate allowance day. She said, I hate putting my hand out, but we couldn't have jobs other than getting appearance fees. So these girls were also not allowed to work. The only source of income these girls were allowed to get, unless they wanted to be kicked out of the Playboy Mansion, was, you know, your $1,000 a week clothing um, allowance and then whatever the girls were able to rake up themselves in, in, in I guess an appearance fees which I'm sure you took a cut out of it um, but it, it was almost like living in it's definitely not a convent okay but there was rules and regulations you know if you did something wrong you would get an email as a playmate like there's a strict code of conduct for, for your behaviour um, and they had rules for like Twitter and Instagram and what you can and cannot post and all that. And there was also rules like you have to show everything about being a Playboy bunny and living in the Playboy mansion. Everything has to be shown in a positive light. Um, and even to the point where if you get into a picture or if there's a picture taken of you when you're drunk, you get in trouble. You know, you're going to lose out on that allowance. Um and the girls there had their own rooms. And like I said, when you kind of elected a number one, which was like the girlfriend, which I'm sure we've seen on that TV show, the girls of the Paper Mansion or Girls Next Door, whatever it was called, we saw Holly Madison as the number one. She lived in, in you's bedroom. Um, and Isabella St. James, again, in, in her book, uh, Bunny Tales, Behind Closed Doors at the Playboy Mansion, she said, although we did all, we did... Um, our best to decorate our rooms and make them homey. The mattresses on our beds were disgusting, old, worn and stained, and the sheets were past their best too. We were not allowed to have boys in the house. That was the absolute number one rule. No boys allowed. That was the main reason a lot of us moved out. Like these girls were like starved, starved of, of a young dick, you know? They were getting old dick twice a week. Uh, and nobody wanted it. And the only other sexual activity they were able to engage in is the whole, the kind of sexy, I guess, charade that they had to put on while the number one gave you a blowjob on the party nights where all these other girls had to make out and do like, like sexual things to each other and stuff. Um, 
again in Isabel's book, she said Hef was used to dirty carpets. The one in his bedroom had not been changed for years and things became significantly worse when Holly Madison moved into his room with him as the girlfriend number one. Soon after I moved in and she brought in her two dogs. They weren't house trained and would just do their business on the bedroom carpet. Late at night or early in the early hours of the morning, if any of us visited Hef's bedroom, we'd almost always end up standing in dog shit. Um, beside the nights we went out, I only saw Hef, like once a day, walking through the halls to his office. There was never any solo dates. Like, uh, and isn't that the best case scenario? Because I, I don't feel like none of these girls probably were in love with him, even the girls that married him. Um, I mean, it's an old, basically it was a sugar, and the thing, you know, the sad thing was for this, apart from like the attention, you know, these girls were getting, like nowadays you're going to make so much more money than this, than this despicable thousand dollar allowance. Like if you were sucking some old dick, you know, as a sugar baby. You know, there are bitches out there now in California that are, you know, doing, living up the sugar baby lifestyle and they're getting, you know, the jets. They're getting the private jets, you know. These girls, you know, were with the most famous sugar daddy in the world and they got sweet fuck all, you know. They got dog shit and clothing allowance, you know. And I remember, like, I was like, I mean, because who didn't, who doesn't, you know, want the appeal of being a sugar baby and really having to do nothing, you know to get that money um and I remember actually I think I had signed up for um seekingarrangement.com you know back in the day when I was just interested in seeing you know if I could make turn some coin you know about you know being someone's sugar baby um and I couldn't it was literally inundated with messages being like oh come fuck me and I'll give you 50 euro and then I always used to be like Oh no, you know, because I, <laughs> I was, I, I wanted the private jet, you know, and I was like, oh no, I was like 50, 50 euro, oh no, I was like, I'm not looking for that kind of relationship, you know, I, I used to like tell people, I'd be like, no, I'd be like, 50, 50 dollars, don't fucking spit in my face like that, don't disrespect me, I used to tell these people that I was like, I have people paying my rent, you know, I am, my new car that I just got, was bought for me, by your sugar daddy, so I do not need to hop on some crusty old, for, for 50 euro, you know? And, you know, of course, I didn't have the car. I, you know, no one was paying. My AIB was paying my fucking rent at the time. Um, and, of course, they used to be like, okay, then 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 fuck off. And I and I did fuck off. And, you know, I know it all sounds good in theory, doesn't it? Like, being, being a sugar baby. Like, being with this older man or older woman, you know? And it's like this feeling of, I guess, like, empowerment or something. Or something naughty or whatever. Let me tell you this, okay? As someone who has gone to the grey side. Um, you know, like, who has seen someone 30 years older than them. 30 years their senior. Um, at, at one point or another, you just sit back and realise, okay, I'm... I'm fucking somebody's granddad. And this is not funny. It is not at all what Lana Del Rey said it was going to be at all. There was no fast cars and, you know, like, lovemaking as I'm speeding down the highway. It was not like that. At some point, you have to sit back and look at yourself and be like, I am, you know, I'm jerking off somebody's grandfather. And, you know, once once that realisation comes in, you it, the whole sugar baby thing really does lose its appeal. When you actually have to get down and dirty... 
with some old bastard, you you realize that the girls that did it earned every every fucking penny of their money. And like I said, you have to know he couldn't get an erection without Viagra. He was a big Viagra advocate. Um, and while so the number one girl, you know, would first give him oral sex and then then would have sex with him. And while he would be looking at all the other the Playboy Bunnies, the girls, you know, in the bedroom around them, you know, who had to do sexy things to each other, you know, so he could get off or whatever. Um, and the I'm from reading these books or whatever and looking at these books and their stories online, like the girls would also then have to like, like prompt on or like cheer on like you and, and number one. So I guess Holly Madison at the time. So they used to have to like all be like, you know, like sucking on each other's titties or whatever while Hugh Hefner was getting a blowjob or while he was having sex with Holly Madison. Then all the other girls, you know, they said they used to have shout out things like, fuck her daddy, fuck her good daddy. <laughs> oh my God, my mother is in the kitchen making dinner. <laughs> She's gonna be like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, none of your fucking business. <laughs> So yeah, they all had to shout out like fucker daddy and all that. And like the girls said that none of them were interested. Like none of them were interested. They were all literally doing it as a job. It was like, like Kendra Wilkinson said it was like clock in, clock out. My shift is done kind of a thing. You know, like no one was into it. Um, not even Holly Madison, who, who was the number one at the time. But the interesting thing is Hugh Hefner actually never orgasmed or came in front of any of these girls. He would ask them all to leave the room. You know, after the like little sex party or whatever, he'd ask them all to leave the room and then he would like apparently like masturbate and jerk off himself and he'd only come alone, you know, which, which I think is quite beautiful. And I guess the only thing worse than, than fucking an old man is fucking an old man who is stingy because Hugh Hefner was stingy while he did throw these extravagant parties or whatever. Like I said, the girls had their allowance and that was it. And back in the day, the, the Playboy, uh, the girls um, remember that for Playboy of the Year, you'd be awarded a Porsche. But as the years moved on, Hugh Hefner had gotten tighter and tighter. And from then on, I guess, you know, the 2000s, the Playmate of the Year would be awarded with a Mini Cooper, um, which had to be given back at the end of the year. So this man was truly miserable. And I guess these girls were in a position where... They didn't, you know, have anything else to do and they were trying to clear death and whatever. So when Hugh Hefner ended up marrying, you know, was it was it Crystal? Did he marry Crystal? He married Crystal Hefner, right? But when they had got married, she had signed a prenup and this prenup, is, or prenup was supposed to be airtight. Like there was no getting out of it. So she did not inherit his fortunes. The wife, when Hugh Hefner died in 2017, she didn't inherit his fortunes at all, even though she had two sons with him. She didn't inherit the fortune. Again, it was more of an allowance kind of basis where she would be looked after, but she didn't inherit the estate at all. Um, And even in this prenup, um, it said that if... um, any of them so being crystal the 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 wife of you and the two sons if any of them were like getting intoxicated with alcohol or getting like or using illegal drugs or whatever then they would be cut off until a point where they were not using these substances so at any point then i guess for the duration of the the prenup i guess for the duration of the rest of their lives um, they can be at any point be subjected to taking a drug test. Um, 
was actually interesting. I was watching an interview with Holly Madison, um, who was um, at one point Hugh Hefner's number one. Um, and she recounts, you know, when she decided that she was leaving the Playboy Mansion, you didn't want her to go. And she said she'd just gotten to a point where she woke up one day and realised that this is not a life that she wants to live. She'd become severely depressed and she was abusing drugs and she was abusing alcohol. Um, and she, you know, said that she'd gotten to the point where, you know, the living in the Playboy Mansion had caused her to be suicidal. And, you know, she was just like daydreaming of like drowning in the pool. Which I hope she's not about the pool, the grotto. Because, you know, she probably would have been resuscitated and pregnant by the time she got out of that pool. Um, but it was interesting, on the last day before she left the Playboy Mansion, when she went into her bedroom to pack, um, there was like a brown folder laying on her bed. And it was actually a copy of Hugh Hefner's will. Uh, obviously, keep in mind, Hugh Hefner was still very much alive at this point. Um, and there was, a, I guess, just a part of the will, an updated part of the will, that said that if Holly stayed, if Holly Madison stayed, that she would get $3 million dollars when Hugh Hefner died and he you know obviously died you know what was it be a decade later um so Holly Madison could have made the three million but she said that she was too depressed that this place had fucked up her head and she needed to get out it had given her she said really bad um like issues with self-confidence and body issues whatever she said that Hugh Hefner always told her that like she wasn't pretty enough to be in Playboy and all that um which uh, in the end of course she did eventually featuring in the magazine but she turned down the the thing. She left. She she didn't want his money. She wanted to get the fuck out of Dodge and she got out of there. You know, so big props to Holly Madison. If you actually watch an interview with her or if you read her book, she actually seems like quite an intelligent girl and dare I say, you know, very classy and eloquent. And you know what? There you have it. I mean, that is what life was like for these girls in the Playboy Mansion. You know, it was a lot of you know, like drug and alcohol dependency, you know, a lot of these girls had just come like, you know, straight from college with like massive debt and they'd gotten themselves into a place where it wasn't really financially viable for them to ever move on. And then of course, I'm not sure whatever age you are, like eventually kicked out of the Playboy Mansion. But like, I think it's very rare for you to, for you to go through your thirties as a playboy bunny, you know, before it is time to hang up the bunny ear and tails, you know, because you're kicked out of there early, you know? And like I said, it had given so many of these women like body issues and body confidence issues. I mean, I, I can only assume there was already some underlying father issues there for sure, you know? And I'm just like, imagine if they did like an Irish playboy mansion if we had the equivalent like of an irish playboy mansion and i don't know like it was like dahi o'shea you know it was like dahi o'shea's playboy mansion you know oh, catch me and as ibrahim you know i would be dahi o'shea's number one catch me like you know talking all this shit about the playboy mansion now dahi o'shea could like open up like the, the irish playboy mansion and i'd be up there i would be up there laying down some some stank, some Playboy stank for like what? What would the allow the allowance be? Probably the same as the dole. Do you know? We have like your two hundred and three euros a week. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there for this week's episode of the Mind Poppers podcast. I just wanted to lift the curtain a small bit and show you what life was really like inside the Playboy Mansion. You know, not everything that glitters is gold. You know, not at all. You know, I'm thinking maybe next week doing a segment on 
sugar babies not a full episode but maybe I'll ask out like we did with the incest episode I might ask for a few stories about people and their hustling days their sugar babying days and how successful they were I want to hear some successful sugar baby stories so until next week on behalf of the mind poppers mansion I'm your host Adam O'Reilly and we'll be back next week with all plethora of weird shit to talk about in the meantime stay woke Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.